0: This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton. Want to start your day informed? Check out The Pulse, Taproot's daily news briefing. The Pulse tells you what you need to know about Edmonton every weekday morning. You'll get short, informative updates about what's happening at City Hall, plus coverage of business, tech, food, the arts, and more. You'll also get a little bit of whimsy from features such as a moment in history and the weekly podcast pick. And it's free. Sign up today at taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. That's taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. For those of you living with us here in Canada. (laughs)
1: Glorious Canada.
0: I guess a happy Thanksgiving.
1: Uh, happy past Thanksgiving. Yeah,
0: was just Thanksgiving at the time that we're recording this. Yes. I know the American Thanksgiving comes much later. Yes. And uh, I know it's become something of a bit of a problematic holiday, but uh, it is nonetheless a good opportunity to get together with family and do a feast.
1: The giving thanks part of Thanksgiving is okay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right it's it's all right to be grateful it's, for what you have it's all
0: the historical baggage that's uh, yeah a that's
1: that's not so great yeah
0: but uh at any rate if you celebrate and you are canadian a happy slightly belated
1: thanksgiving <laughs> to you. yes um, i hope your meals were delicious
0: yeah um october objectively the best month because of course it has all of the best stuff in it it has feasty thanksgiving at least in canada it has halloween one of the great holidays mm. and of course my birthday yes so
1: clearly uh, the best
0: and our wedding anniversary actually also coming up so see
1: more reasons to celebrate
0: october's just full of fun times
1: october's the best yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> if you're listening to this not in october just giving you a reason to look forward to the next October.
1: <laughs> right? just acknowledging how awesome october is
0: but uh, at any rate we should uh, get into our novel
1: yeah, probably,
0: for this week uh, as uh, we do a brief recap of our previous chapter in which we get right into things as Dr. Cox gets into a dinghy with a bunch of mercenaries. They make their way over roiling seas through an impenetrable force field, which they penetrate and make landfall on an island, which is where they find themselves as we move into chapter four of Questland by Carrie Vaughn. So the team spend a good portion of the start of the day traveling inland.
1: Well Kate now and I want to point out we're talking about pre- sunrise yeah, right like it is early AF when they land on this on this island.
0: yeah yeah and I kind of get the logic behind this they want to put as much space between themselves and their beachfall. Yes. As possible so that if the boat gets discovered, they're not immediately found out. Yes, exactly. You want to you want to make time and, and get to a safer location to make camp. And they do take a brief stop, have a little rest, have a little food to yeah, recharge quote, the batteries.
1: Quote, unquote, food. Yeah, it's,
0: it's like just a bunch of power bars or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, gross tasting power bars apparently.
0: But it's nutrition and that is the important thing. It's true. Sometimes you just got to eat to keep going and you're not eating to enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Addie's still not in great shape for most of this. Well,
0: she's not conditioned for this kind of activity. She's no. a she's a tenured professor. Yes. She's used to sitting on her butt and maybe standing in front of a class giving a lecture.
1: Right? Which is something I bet Rucker couldn't do.
0: Yeah. Like I'm not suggesting that Addie's necessarily like dangerously out of shape, but she's not used to this kind of physical exertion.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. This is not her training. No. <laughs> she is a literature professor. And that's not to
0: say she might not be dangerously out of shape. I'm just not making that <laughs> assumption.
1: No, no, nor should you. Yeah. But, what oh. I'm trying to point out is is that Addie is very much out of her element
0: yeah, this right is, now. is this is the kind of activity a regular person doesn't always engage in. Yes, but, exactly. But people who are trained, military people or athletes might
1: oh yeah the whole rest of the team i'm sure is just fine this is what they were trained to do this is what they do what they have is someone with them who was not really trained for this no and they and didn't
0: have the time to go through a full rigorous training and get into shape
1: yeah she kind of got a crash course yeah sort of anyway
0: the others i mean for the most part seem to be at least uh empathetic to that fact certainly almonte is always there with like a smile and a pat on the back like you're doing a good job there champ
1: yeah you're doing okay
0: and and torres to his credit seems to at least be taking that into account like he's accepted she's part of the team he's trying to keep a pace that she can keep up with
1: realistically this probably isn't the first time he's done some sort of civilian escort mission
0: probably not right so which is basically what this is an escort mission she's an escort mission in a in a video game that would be the worst mission
1: oh yeah everybody hates them they're awful yeah the difference is she's not a stupid ai that's fair (laughs) right she is uh, a legit person who can think who's just not as good at this as he is
0: yeah and that leads us to the problem with the thinking <laughs> because she makes some rash decisions in this chapter which we're kind of leading up to uh,
1: i don't know that i'd call them rash but anyway let's get there
0: the main kind of impediment that they encounter in this chapter is they they make their way through some brush and they have their little meal and they continue forward and then they eventually find a clearing with a tower in it. Yeah. A tower that's made up to look ancient but is obviously new because it's not even on the map they have. And this poses the first problem for them because it means that since radio silence was achieved over the island, there have been changes. Yes. And the design team has gone, let's say, off book. And made some uh, some adjustments or some improvements to the island that were not planned. Because the team is working off of plans that they were provided by Harris Lang. And this tower's not on it. And they're very dismayed because it means that they can't rely on their maps at all. If there's one change, anything could have changed.
1: Yeah, exactly. So what they're working with is outdated information. Yes. Right? So eh, it's only going to be so good.
0: And. I mean, this is a pretty radical change, too, because this is a whole building here. Yep. Um, This also gives Addie a moment to reflect on the stuff that she brought on her tablet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we saw our team, right? Are are they... Do they count as Navy SEALs? They're they're a mercenary team.
0: Well, at least two of them were Navy SEALs. We don't know about Rucker and Wendell's background.
1: That's true. Okay. Anyway, we saw our soldier team get together all of their various soldiering things Mm -hmm. that they would need. But they're basically... Entering a real life D and D adventure, yeah. So there's only so many weapony, tooly things they can bring that will help. Addie's, uh, the bard slash brains of the operation, right? So she's brought all of the reference material she could have possibly thought of.
0: Yeah, I mean, Harris Lang basically laid out that they were going into an amusement park that was designed like a big live action D&D game.
1: Yes, exactly. So she
0: came prepared with tons of mythical stories and legends and books of fantasy fiction and role-playing game manuals. Yes, and video
1: games and anything pop culture-y that would have been appropriate to the setting, which is a lot.
0: Because there's no telling what the design team may have incorporated into the island's design.
1: Yes, exactly. And
0: so this way, she's just, she's got, Everything that she could possibly think of.
1: Right. So we walk into this. I picture like a large clearing with like a Rapunzel-esque tower in the middle. Yeah, right? like a something wizard's just castle yeah, or something. Something just yeah. tall and narrow, except this one has a door on it, but still. So that's that's sort of what they encounter yeah. out, of, out of nowhere.
0: Establishing that something is amiss, Torres kind of orders the team to keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Be on the lookout for people, number one, and any sort of danger. Because again- the island was fortified. There's a force field surrounding it right now. Ten people are dead. Yep. So there is very real and present danger. And Addie's like, I wonder what this tower's about. And just wanders into the clearing. <laughs> and Torres is like, uh, wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, stop.
0: But it's too late. Upon entering the clearing, she activates the clearing's guardian. Yes. And a majestic sphinx crashes through the foliage <laughs> and enters the clearing. And immediately the mercenaries are all like, oh my god. Reaching for their guns, getting ready for a fight. What is that? And Addie's like, wait, hold on, stop. If this is a Sphinx, and we're in a fantasy realm, we can parlay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I got this.
0: More specifically, she knows, of course, Sphinx's riddles. So she's like, are you the guardian of this path? And the Sphinx is like, I totally am. And she's like, okay, if we answer your riddle, can we pass? And he's like sure beans and gives them the riddle and it's the obvious sphinx riddle it's the famous sphinx riddle yes exactly and she's actually a little surprised by that
1: right she even says like this is too simple right every this is a very famous riddle of the sphinx that everybody knows
0: yeah now there are two possibilities here number 1 the design team hasn't come up with a better riddle at the moment number 2 they're trying to maintain the fantasy verisimilitude yes and making sure that the sphinx has the sphinx riddle or It could just be that they're making an amusement park meant for, you know, people to come and have fun. You don't want to make it too hard.
1: This is a level one encounter. Kind of, yeah. Right? It's pretty simple.
0: Although, admittedly, they came at it from the back.
1: (laughs) Okay. Because they were
0: coming cross country. They don't even see the door on the tower from the direction they came from.
1: I, I thought of this while I was reading the chapter. Torres is tackling this island the way I tackle a game of Zelda, where... Uh, Especially Breath of the Wild because it's an open world game, right? You can come at anything from any side. Mm -hmm. I frequently come at things backwards because I just beeline to where I'm going. Roads be damned. I am traveling in a straight line no matter what terrain is in my way, right? So I frequently come at stuff from the wrong side because I'm just trying to get from point A to point
0: B. It actually speaks to an interesting difference between the way Addy is approaching this and the mercenaries are approaching ooh,
1: this. Oh, yes, this is the note I made. Soldiers are gonna soldier, but Addy knows how to play the game.
0: And that is exactly it. Addie's approaching this from the perspective of somebody who's playing a game and is like, this is designed as a game, this is a level, this is an encounter. How is the design team's thought process going into how do we solve this problem? And the mercenaries are just going, We have an objective, we need to go from point A to point B. We need to get there quickly and we need to secure it.
1: Yeah. And she's she's like, No, no, I know how to play this game. Let's forego the fighting, let's answer the riddle, and get past this safely. Well, and
0: that's why I come back to our original point of Addie doing something rash. From the mercenaries' perspective, what she did here was incredibly rash. She blundered into a clearing, Mm -hmm. activated a monster, and could have gotten them in serious danger. But she made an informed decision. Of course she did. Because she was approaching it from the perspective of, I'm a player in a game, let's go check this out. And the mercenaries are approaching it from, we are military personnel fighting- Lord knows what. Lord knows what. We're trying to get through stealthily and quietly so we don't have to shoot our guns.
1: No, it's a game. Yeah. Gotta play the game.
0: So Addie having solved the, the mystery, the Sphinx basically turns off, would be the best way to put
1: it. Yeah, more it just or less. goes
0: back into guardian mode. She's a little disappointed because she was very wowed by how- real it was.
1: Well, because it's super impressive.
0: she was absolutely absorbed in that moment into, I am talking to a real Sphinx. And then as soon as it kind of, like, deactivates, she's a little disappointed. She's like, oh, the magic's gone a little bit. Oh. And then, of course, Wendell is very interested in seeing how it works. What is
1: this? So he
0: cuts it open and is like, oh, it's biomechanical. It's like a cyborg. It's
1: a cyborg, basically, Yeah, yeah. It's a robot inside a real skin suit.
0: Yeah, and that further kind of removes the magic for it. she's a little more disappointed on the one hand she thinks it's cool and on the other hand she's like oh
1: okay so wendell went up and cut at a sphinx yeah i genuinely wonder if that's going to come back to bite him later
0: don't know and i mean even torres in that moment is like maybe you shouldn't be cutting that thing.
1: yeah maybe don't stab the giant monster with pointy teeth
0: yeah addy kind of half expects it to like come back to life when he right? starts like cutting at that's it that's why i was but... like
1: don't cut that <laughs>
0: So he also does something rash, but he's the tech nerd, and he's very interested to see how this thing well, of course functions. Is. Like, yeah. he wants to get into the guts and be like, oh, dude, what makes it go? <laughs> this is neat. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing is Wendell is equally as interested in the Sphinx as Addie is, just from a completely different perspective. Oh, 100%,
1: perspective. yes. <laughs> he's interested
0: in it as an engineer. She's interested in it as a fantasy writer. Yeah. Very cool. The Sphinx having been dealt with, Addie kind of doubles back and checks out the tower, and is a little disappointed to discover it's basically empty. Well, it's like unfinished. a construct, it's like a shed.
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a pile of sheetrock inside it, right? Yeah. Like it's it's all just facade at the moment. There's nothing in it. Yet. Yeah. So, unfinished level 1
0: kind of <laughs> encounter. Kind of still uh takes her out of it a little bit.
1: Well, and let's let's be fair. The most important part of this level 1 encounter is clearly the sphinx. Yeah. But I mean, she
0: was kind of expecting the Sphinx would be guarding something, like there might be a magic sword or something, but it's literally just like a shed with some tools in it.
1: Nothing to guard yet.
0: Yeah. This actually brings us to what I think are very pertinent questions in this chapter, Mm -hmm. before they continue to head forth to Tor Camelot, (laughs) which is the headquarters for where the park's controls are, and where they assume that uh, Dominic Brand is hanging out, if he is indeed the evil wizard who's taken over the island. But yes, uh, a couple interesting questions are brought up by this tower. Number one, they find a statue in the tower. Yep. Or on the tower. It's been... Oh,
1: above the door, I believe. Yeah, it's
0: it's kind of part of the facade. And it is a statue of Harris Lang, the eccentric billionaire. Yep. Made up to look like, you know, maybe a king or something. Some, some... sort of sovereign, maybe a wizard of some kind. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it, it's definitely, though, like, reverential in a way. And she's kind of surprised by this because she's like, interesting that Harris Lang would set himself up as some sort of revered figure on the island. And I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense. It is his island. But the interesting question is, if this tower wasn't part of the original design plan, was built after Radio Silence, why would the design team have added that? I don't know. You'd think that they'd have added their new master or not anybody at all. Right? Number two, if this tower was built after the fact by this rogue design team, why did they make it part of the game?
1: I don't know that either.
0: Those are my two interesting questions. Right? Why is Harris Lang still apparently being venerated somehow? And why was this designed as part of the game if they've gone AWOL and are doing their own thing now? Because the the initial, I suppose, thought would be that Dominic Brand found this fantasy world to his liking and is trying to take it over for himself. So why is he still making it a game? Why is the design team still making it a game? Why wouldn't the Sphinx be weaponized?
1: It might be if you get the riddle wrong.
0: I mean, there's potentially danger if you get the riddle wrong, but she got the riddle right, which means the Sphinx is still playing by the game.
1: Yeah, because it's all a game. That's what they want it to be, It's a game.
0: But if you're taking over your own fantasy land, you're probably not keeping it a game that can be played. Why not? Because then you can get beaten.
1: Yeah, but isn't that part of the fun?
0: Uh, not if you were trying to be an evil wizard. Just eh, saying.
1: Depends.
0: I'm just saying that these these are both interesting questions.
1: Mm, that part I can't totally answer.
0: And therein lies the mystery. That's why those jumped out at me. Because they're, they're questions that don't have answers right now.
1: I can come up with an answer. It's wildly speculative and sure. probably very wrong. Okay, so when I got to the end of this chapter, uh, I came up with two... Further possibilities for what's actually going on here. And your questions just now have prompted me with a third.
0: Okay. I also have one. Okay. Let's see if your third one is, or one of your three is, is the same okay. as mine.
1: So here are my possibilities. Everyone has lost control of the island.
0: The island is doing its own thing. The
1: island is doing its own thing, and the Commandos are going to have to end up rescuing the dev team.
0: Possible. Not That's... my theory, No. But possible.
1: That one seems a little iffy, but maybe. Right? Because we don't actually know.
0: You created fantasy creatures so realistic that they've taken over.
1: Yeah. The second one is that uh, Dominic has totally lost his mind.
0: I mean, that's kind of the implication.
1: Uh, Kind of. Except that uh, as opposed to him taking it over from Harris Lang and just running it himself, I wonder if he hasn't lost it a little bit and genuinely thinks himself to be an evil wizard. I mean, that Like, if he's really, truly, sincerely bought into the island
0: that's i mean i would go so far as to say that that's the text version of the assumption of what's gone on mm. like i i had that as like i think that's what harris lang thinks has happened as of chapter 2 like
1: <laughs> yes but we don't know if that's but we don't
0: know if that's actually
1: actually happened. what yeah. happened okay and so now my new third one that you have inspired in my brain just now is that harris lang knows exactly what's going on and what he has sent to the island are a bunch of play testers
0: That is what my theory is. This is a play test. Yeah. He sent the commandos to the island to see if the island could be solved.
1: Yes. But he can't send them in, uh, quote unquote, willingly, right? He wants wants an
0: actual fantasy party to go and combat the island.
1: Kind of, Yeah. yeah. But he wants them to go in blind. Yeah. Like completely and utterly blind so that he can truly test how effective his island is.
0: Yeah, that's... The theory that I had come up with. Could be wildly off
1: base. Oh, could be wildly off base. But, eh, possible. At this point, we're only four chapters in.
0: And I mean, yeah, ten people are dead, but...
1: Yeah, but they weren't playtesters. They weren't were play- Coast Guard.
0: And also, he's an eccentric and very rich billionaire who can make that problem go away. So, uh, or ten people aren't really dead. That's the story that he gave them. Ooh. Doesn't mean it actually happened.
1: That's very true.
0: And you could we probably only have
1: his word for it, don't we? Uh, At one
0: the would pre- one would presume that the Coast Guard would be able to back that up. But I mean, if the Coast Guard's given a bunch of money, they might be willing to just say, yeah, okay, yeah, we lost a Coast Guard cutter, whatever.
1: Or mm-hmm. again, like Addie's gonna phone up the Coast Guard.
0: Yeah, I mean, the mercenaries might have checked with the Coast Guard.
1: Maybe. But again,
0: that's a cover story that a very rich person could probably get someone to corroborate. Again, this is. Very speculative.
1: Super irresponsible speculation. Yeah. I do have a question for you, though. Sure. Because this was something that wasn't immediately clear to me. Why is this chapter called Dumpstat?
0: Well, one could make the argument that perhaps Wisdom
1: is <laughs>
0: the Dumpstat for one Dr. Addie Cox. She's very smart. She's charming. She's kind of capable. Um, I mean, she's mostly keeping up with the with the group, but she's... Lacking in a certain amount of common sense.
1: <laughs> like, maybe don't just randomly approach the tower. Well,
0: and we'd previously also argued that her wisdom was failing her in the talk with Harris Lang, where her intellectual curiosity overrode her better instincts telling her this is a terrible idea. Yeah. You should not go on this. She mission. failed
1: her wisdom save.
0: And yeah. now, again, she just immediately is like, oh, a weird clearing with an unknown tower in it. Doop to do. And the mercenaries are like, uh.
1: And then she triggers the. Sphinx out. Uh, yeah, okay. But
0: she's smart enough to solve the riddle. Yes. Because intelligence isn't her dump stat. No. Wisdom is her dump stat. Wisdom is her dump stat. She also fails to notice the mud that she slips in.
1: Oh, that's right. There you go. Yeah. If, okay. if she's a
0: D&D character, her wisdom is low. <laughs> is
1: that a bard thing? We've already established she is the bard of this well, party. Well, clearly,
0: charisma can't be her dump stat if she's the bard.
1: No. So, but could wisdom be? Absolutely. All right. Okay. Just wondering, because in all of the other chapters so far, it's been very apparent to me. What the chapter title means. This one I was a little iffy on, but that makes sense. That wisdom would be her dump stat.
0: Yeah, and here one she might, is having to deal with that. One might think constitution because she's complaining about keeping up with them, but I don't. Th- I think she has average constitution. I think her low stat is wisdom. Well, Only Carrie Vaughn would know for sure. She's the one who has Addie's character sheet. It's very true. So, there okay. you go. But I think that's actually a good place to wrap up for today. Agreed. We've kind of hit all the main points. So you'll want to read up on Chapter 5 in time for next week. Maybe some more mysteries will be presented to us. And uh, in the meantime, you know, if you've got a biomechanical sphinx and it's just been injured in a workplace accident, uh, you might want to have some sort of benefits coverage to help get it healed up. I mean, Alberta Blue Cross may or may not have some sort of uh, benefits package for a sphinx. (laughs) you'd have to check it out for yourself. And he is going to tell you a little bit more about that now.
1: This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca.
0: Or Wendell could just leave the Sphinx alone. That also.
1: I think that would be better.
0: At any rate, uh, you can check out more about Alberta Blue Cross and all of the other podcast sponsors right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. That's also where all of the other member podcasts are listed. Yes. Definitely something there worth your time. Uh, you can download most of those podcasts right now on your podcatcher of choice. That's probably where you're catching our pod. Probably. You can give us a little rating and a review.
1: Oh, we would like that. Yes,
0: we would very much. We
1: would be thankful.
0: We would express that thanks perhaps over social media.
1: Absolutely. Um, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at The Read on
0: most of those. Yeah, you can also email us.
1: Yes, we are thereadalong at gmail.com.
0: And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time.
1: I bet they're playtesters.